says 30 days till Christmas and all through the house. Stacks and stacks of horse catalogs and equestrian collection printouts are scattered around. I look through each book and website with care, making sure I circle and highlight the must-haves for next year. My horse husband is all nestled on his big cozy couch, dreading about how the upcoming Radiothon ads are going to soon be responsible for draining his bank account. With trepidation, he softly asks, Hey, hon, what do you want for Christmas? I rose to my laptop with glee and delight. Visions of ovation, country boots, weather blankets, and benefaber pads dance through my mind. I think... Oh, I ponder how a new Isabella Wintech will look good on my pony mare. My eyes twinkle and thoughts of sparkly Kelly jewelry adorning my ears. Brand new head-to-toe outfitter gear. I take a deep breath and try to remain focused. I can't forget the mountain horse jacket I fell in love with at Bit of Britain. I calmly turn to my horse husband, not to raise alarm with all my requests. I coyly say, ah, don't worry, I don't want to need anything for Christmas. He's a seasoned pro. He insists. Tell me, I know better than to not get you anything for Christmas. I take a deep breath and shoot off my list. He pauses and generally says, How about a horse lover's gift certificate? I smile, thinking, Boy, that horse husband hour has sure taught him well. I explain that would be perfect, and before I could finish my sentence and ask for more, he ran off sight. So happy horse Christmas to all, and to all those horse girls, lots of horse gifts and delights. Thank you to Auditor Nikki. Welcome to Hour 8, the Plaidcast Hour of the Horse Radio Network 12-Hour Live Holiday Radiothon by Weatherbeta, with additional support provided by Horselovers.com and Redmond Equine. This 12-Hour Holiday event is fueled by Delahest Coffee, the official coffee sponsor of Radiothon. I am Glenn Geek, and with me still in the studio in Ocala, Florida, is the host of the Driving Radio Show, Dr. Wendy Ying, and we are your MCs for the entire 12 Hours. Well, that's right, Glenn. We are at hour eight of Radiothon 2017. And this hour, we're joined by the hosts of the podcast, Piper Clem and Sissy Wicks. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas. Now, I got to tell you guys, you have a lot to live up to because the dressage people in the last hour were funny as hell. So (laughs) you, you jumpers have to live up to that. It's that time of day. Uh, boy, Glenn, it's a lot of pressure. I might have to hang up and go get my joke book. Well, I don't know. Did jumpers start drinking at this hour? It's 4 o'clock, right? So yep. we should... It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Glenn, mimosas start at 11.30, okay? Come on. Yeah, that's right. We're already three in. Well, hi, guys. Thank you for joining us today. It's so much fun to have you represent. Well, thank you for having us. Well, now I have to do. We have to get some of the business out of the way, and then I want to ask you guys about the holidays. So we, you know, we have this whole day going on. We're at hour eight. You can find all of the past hours are already going up at holidayradiothon.com or on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. You'll find those. And also, if you want to be eligible to win prizes, if you're just joining us, call four three five two seven two one nine nine seven. There's a lot on the line right now, but I think there's a couple lines open. Four three five two seven two one nine nine seven we've already given away over fifteen hundred dollars in prizes and we have twenty five hundred dollars more in prizes to go before the day is done so i would say that we probably give away more prizes than anybody today in the horse world uh let's also find out what those prizes are for this hour all right we have some great prizes this hour the first one is the brand new book fergus and the greener grass by gene abernethy thank you to trafalgar square books for donating that 
And our next and uh, our next prize is uh, the fifty dollar gift certificate from well, horselovers.com, your home for all your horsey holiday shopping. All right, guys. So who's who has all the noise in the background? Where are you at? You got to tell me. It's in March. Up. It's Tigger. I'm picking up uh, noise here. Let me see if I can get rid of that. It's Tigger. Yeah, I'm trying to find her. I got. A hundred percent. All right, I think she's gone now. (laughs) Well, that was fun. All right, so. We should have just stayed on. It could have been funny, actually. Um, so I think pi- there are laws against that. I'm yeah, sure. there probably are. Uh, uh, so, Piper, Sissy, what uh, what about your ultimate horsey Christmas gift? Piper, let's start with you. Um, so, actually, this is something that I'm, I'm often teased about. Um, and it's not explicitly Christmassy, but uh, my husband's birthday is November 30th. And um, one year for his birthday, I got him a pony. Uh, <laughs> just what he always wanted which he has no interest in <laughs> that's so sweet of you yeah you are such a kind giving person uh, yeah. yeah so uh this is this is pretty infamous in my circle <laughs> did you then the charge him for training yeah what happened to the pony <laughs> that's right. uh the pony joined my my crew my entourage of ponies um uh-huh. as most people know i have a little pony business and uh yeah, so the pony is is happily in the pony crew and with all the other ponies. Has your husband in my or- in my family we call that a baseball bat. When you <laughs> give someone a gift that is actually for you, like if you you know you give your husband a pair of heels or something, you know that's a baseball bat. So Piper, that pony was a baseball bat. <laughs> yep. So. so so now so what was your sissy? My um my ultimate. Horsey Christmas? Um, I don't know. I feel like every Christmas is a horsey Christmas. We end up down in Florida. We have for the last 20 years or so. We migrate from Pennsylvania to Florida like birds. And um, we end up uh, in in Wellington around Christmas time. So um, that's that's as horsey as it gets down there. Um, But yeah, I I don't really have a a particular horsey Christmas because I feel like for me, Christmas is about taking a little time off of horses, right? Um, and trying to spend, you know, a week with my family, or at least eke out a few days with my family without um, the four-legged beasts around. So, um, I have sort of the um, unhorsey Christmas, I guess, is is what is what I try to do with with the family. You know, it used to be that there was a season in the horse world, especially in in, in jumpers and hunters, and then there was an off season. And the off season was kind of what December and January, but now it's an off week. Maybe between Christmas and New Year's, you kind of get an off week. Right, and actually, they they start horse shows right the day after Christmas. So, yep. oh, really? Um, and and over New Year's. Oh, absolutely. So you don't get an even yeah. an off week anymore. Well, it did, no. you know you you have the option of horse showing or not horse showing, but it used to be. I mean, I'm you know 112 years old, but it used to be that <laughs> you would finish with indoors, and then it would be quiet. Right. So you'd have you'd have November off and December off, and then you'd start in January. And now the the year starts December one. I don't know when they started that, but I remember when it used to be January one. And uh, so now the the horse show the seasons just bleed into one another. Um, and so you you know you have to re up your registration and do all that good stuff. But otherwise, there's really not a lot that marks you know one year into the next. It's 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 a twelve month show season which is um 
We Which said is difficult. We always say you guys people. are gypsies, and that is true. You're the modern yes. day gypsies here in the United States because you never, <laughs> yes. you live out of your trailers. You never hope. Yeah, yeah. It's really kind of present, yeah. By the time they ahead. present the USEF awards at the USEF meeting, I mean a lot of those barns and trainers have been to six, seven shows in the new show year already. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of January. That's true. at the end of January. Yeah, I mean there are people already qualified for, you know, medal finals and all that kind of stuff by the time. You even get to annual meeting presenting last year's prizes. So exactly, yeah, and it's it's an interesting world, um, this kind of nomadic world that that I raise my kids in, because you, it is like being in the circus. You everything is packed up and moved to the next venue, and you become very insular, and your friends are usually within that world. Um, I mean, of course, when you have kids in school, that's a little, that's an added dimension, which is nice. But people that don't necessarily have that situation where they have some kind of a thread into, you know, the, the quote unquote normal world. I mean, you can live a very productive, very happy life um, just within our show world. And it's, um, it's, it's, I guess it's a little bit dangerous because you don't really know what's, you can, you can choose not to know what's going on in the world. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it is, it is nomadic. So you're, you're with a, your, your tribe and you move from one venue to the next. It's amazing. Well, let's hear from our title sponsor and then we're going to talk to your guest. Andrew is here. So let's hear. Hi, I'm B from Weatherby Town. You're listening to the third annual horse radio network holiday radiothon. My ultimate horsey Christmas gift will be a Weatherbeater Comfy Tech Ultra Cozy. Happy Christmas from all of us at Weatherbeater. Give the ultimate gift this year with the Weatherbeater Fleece Cooler. Available in combo and standard neck, this warm and lightweight anti-pill polyester fleece is a versatile gift that can be used for traveling, cooling, or as an added layer under a blanket. With nylon-lined shoulders to help reduce rubbing and stretching, this fleece has twin chest buckles, a tail cord, and low cross sur singles. Available in multiple colors, the Weatherbeater Fleece Cooler can even be paired with select Weatherbeater horse blankets and dog coats. To learn more about this product and to find a local retailer near you, visit Weatherbeater.com. That's Weatherbeater.com. All right, your guest is ready. All right. Hi, Andrew. Hey, how are you? Um, welcome to the program. So we have Andrew Ryback, who's a frequent contributor to the Plaid Horse magazine. Um, you've seen his photography from Wellington to Chicago to California to everywhere in between. And um, and Andrew, this time of year, we were just talking about the off season a little bit, uh, where we get a few weeks here and there. You almost always go somewhere incredible during these couple weeks in between your show seasons, right? Um, yeah, we usually try to, to plan something a little fun just to get away. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, I'm going to put my camera down, but I never usually do. It's usually someplace picturesque and I get to bring my camera and take some photos and, and have a great time, uh, not photographing horses, but, uh, <laughs> this year, um, we ended up going to Colorado for a week and it was just absolutely gorgeous out there. Awesome. Well, tell, tell us about um, Africa and sharks and, and other things you've done in previous years. Well, yeah. Um, last year, uh, we ended up going south to uh, Chile, and we went to Patagonia. And I know uh, 
I did a, a special um, uh, story for the, the plaid horse uh, last year about horseback riding in Patagonia, which is really cool. Um, something that I, you know, I'm a, I'm a horse show photographer. I'm a horse and equestrian portrait photographer, but I don't really ride much. My wife is the accomplished equestrian, so when we went on vacation down to Chile this past year, uh, I got on a horse quite a lot. Um, I probably spent more time on a horse um, during that one vacation than I have in my entire life. So that was really neat. And you can read more about that in the, uh, the plaid horse as well as, uh, get some really cool, uh, photographs from there too. But in, in previous years, um, we had gone to, uh, Africa, which is, uh, you know, someplace that I've always, uh, absolutely loved just because of the wildlife and, and the people. And, uh, it's just an amazing place. Um, so two years ago, we went to South Africa and toured a bit there when went on some fantastic safaris saw some amazing animals and a couple years before that we went on a uh, big tour of tanzania and saw all sorts of things um many national parks from serengeti national park to Tarangiri to the ngorogoro crater just absolutely fantastic and Something I highly recommend if you ever do get the chance is to go any, you know, either one of those places that I've mentioned, you know, either South Africa or Tanzania, or if you want to go someplace, you know, on uh, a little bit further south from the United States, you know, head on down to Patagonia and, and check that out as well. Those pictures, that pictorial you did was so beautiful. You know, I, I most people know of Patagonia because of the clothing. So when you see the pictures, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, you know, it's such a huge brand, but... When you see the pictures and see how um, easy, I mean, I know it's easy for me to say you were on a horse and, and that was a challenge in itself, but it was easy to, <clears throat> to ride through the countryside and get, get just incredible pictures and the, the ruggedness of the terrain. And I mean, it was, it was something. I would love to do that trip. What's on your bucket list? What, where haven't you been? Huh. Well, um, you know, I haven't been to, to Australia yet, and at some place, you know, some someday I'd like like to go. Uh, it seems like all the rage nowadays is, is Iceland, and that just looks really that's intriguing true. to me. So, I think that's probably on my bucket list right now. Um, I just have this fascination currently with the um, these cows that they have in Scotland. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen pictures of them, like these cows with really long hair, and they just they look really neat. And for some reason, I want to go to Scotland and and photograph these cows because I don't know, they look, they look really interesting to me. And, you know, the, the terrain in Scotland is kind of like what I, I enjoy to, you know, photograph it, you know, when I went on, my, on vacation is, you know, the, the rugged mountain and unforgiving terrain. So I'm looking forward to maybe, you know, booking a trip out there someday too. Yes. Yeah, Scotland, did you, there was a piece on, um, on CBS Sunday morning, I think it was last week. And it was on the Isle of Egg, or was it on 60 Minutes? I can't remember. Anyway, it was a CBS show. Um, and it was it was a, a small island um, off the west coast of Scotland. And just the, I mean, it's everything you want. It's ocean and rock formations and mountains. And um, it's, it's, I mean, that, that kind of territory to those of us that like to be outside is really appealing. So I get it. So um, you are the ultimate. something I want to check out. Yeah. So you are the ultimate horse husband. You started out with, shall we say, limited interest <laughs> in horses, 
and now you're um, <laughs> one of the premier horse show photographers in the country. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell us how that all kind of took place? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a funny story. Um, you know, I, I have enjoyed horses throughout my life. I had an aunt who had a horse, and I thought that was kind of neat. You know, and I, I you know I enjoyed you know seeing them here and there, and every once in a while petting a horse at a at a, a county fair or something like that. Um, but when I met my wife Stacy, uh, she actually had a, a horse. It was her hunter. His name was Brighton My Day, and um, I went and watched her while we were dating at um I think it was Equifest out here in Chicago and, and I brought my camera along and took some pictures and got back to the house later on and the pictures were I thought they were great. She looked at them and she said, no, these these aren't very good at, at all. Um the, <laughs> the horse was somewhat landing. Um <laughs> the, the shots were not timed very well at all. It was pretty pathetic. Um not not good at all. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I, I told myself, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and do this again. So I went to another one of our horse shows that might've been summer's end up in, uh, up in Wisconsin and took some better photos there and had a, had a good time, you know, got to, got to know the horse show world a little bit better. So that worked out. And then let me see, we, we ended up wanting to buy a house, um, as we were, you know, moving on to the next step in our life. So we ended up she ended up selling Brighton and we took that money and applied that as a down payment for our, our house. And I thought, Oh, that was nice. You know, we, we owned a horse once and I didn't think there was going to be anything no much more thing. from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. So uh, we got married. Um, and then all of a sudden she starts talking about riding. And I'm like, Hey, go to the barn, you know, go, go ride some horses somewhere. That'd be great. And then, she started talking about wanting to buy a horse and I'm like, well, we had one. Why, why do we need another one? Why do we need to buy a horse? And she's like, that's well, what every horse husband buy. says every time. <laughs> exactly. And so she, you know, she's like, I want to compete. I want to get a horse. I'm like, well, how much does this cost? And she's like, don't worry about that. So we, <laughs> don't worry about we that. um, we started shopping for, for horses and she wanted a jumper cause she wanted to try something different. So we travel all across the, uh, the United States looking for that perfect horse, you know, within our budget because that was uh, that was one of the main uh, concerns there. So we traveled all around the East Coast, went to Virginia, we went to D.C., we went to Pennsylvania. Um, I think we were in Michigan for a little while as well. Found a couple options, but then you know we got back home and her trainer at the time found the perfect horse right here in Illinois. Now, why we had to travel all across the United States to look for that horse, I don't know. It was a fun trip, but we found the horse right in our backyard, which is really cool. Um, her name was uh, Shenanigan, and she is a uh, 15-2 Tricaner quarter horse mix and taught Stacy everything she knows about jumpers. We've even leased her out a couple times, and she's been fantastic for her for her uh, lessees. Um, but, yeah, Star, or Shenanigan, um, we still have her. She is... Um, Somewhat retired. Uh, we've uh, she's at a, a barn right now, um, giving lessons a couple times a week, and just absolutely loving her life because she is the ultimate competitor. Um, so we still have her. Um, when we leased her out the first time, my wife said, "Well, now that we've leased her out, um, I need to get another, another horse." I'm I'm thinking to myself, "This is not good." 
Uh, this is a scam. We're going to end up with uh, two horses now. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I'm getting scammed here. <laughs> so we ended up uh, finding our uh, our second horse, um, Utopia 3. Uh, her name is Bunny. Uh, we call her Bunny at the barn. And uh, we ended up buying her uh, from a, a nearby barn as well. And she absolutely loved her. And she helped her move up a little higher um, as the uh, the jumps got bigger and Bunny jumped, jumped bigger. And uh, she had a, a great time with her. Um, she's a really, really cool horse. Um, she's a sweetheart, and she's really bred very well as well. Um, so she's, she had, uh, I think she had three babies before we got her. And that's something I think we're probably going to, I don't know why I'm thinking this, because I know it's very expensive, but I think I want to breed her later on in life, too. Um, so maybe oh my God, you're sunk. A, another baby <laughs> horse myself. I know, I know. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> But, uh, there's therapy for that. Again, I can exactly. give you a good number to call. Hook, yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, she wanted to move up again. Um, so we ended up getting a third horse. Um, Bunny is leased out as well. So technically we're only paying for one horse this time, but, um, we did, we did get a third horse. Uh, we call her Trixie, but her name is, uh, Carlotta W. This is the Piper Clem <sighs> business model. Piper, how many ponies do you own? <laughs> Um, somewhere in the vicinity of 12 to 20. <laughs> <laughs> They're small. They eat less. You know. 12 to 20. <laughs> Obviously a PhD, but not an MBA. Yeah. That's Piper math. <laughs> so Andrew, I think, I think it's really fascinating. Um, at least to me that how much the, uh, horse photography world has changed. You know, I can remember getting my photographs in the mail a couple of weeks later after a horse show. And they would punch holes in them so that you couldn't, you know, frame them and give them away or stamp them or something. Mostly punch holes in them. So you had to order them and then order the copy that you could actually display. So, and there, the, it, only the horse show photographers could, could really do a very good job unless you had some friend who was uh, a nerd, a photography nerd. But now, it, now your business has just changed so much and, um, it's it it must be difficult to keep up with it i mean how give us a little tutorial on on uh photography these days because everybody has an iphone and everybody takes pictures and everybody can fix fix them to some extent on their phone etc yeah it really has changed and i think that the key to being successful and to and, you know, to really um, make it work nowadays, you know, because like you said, everybody does have cameras. Um, cameras are, are cheaper and cheaper every day, and everybody has iPhones. Um, the key really isn't necessarily taking the great, perfect shot. It's everything else that goes along with it. Um, we, we, Like I said, my wife always says we pride ourselves on our customer service and taking care of our customers and taking care of our clients. And that really helps to bolster you know, the excellent photography that we put forth uh, on a daily basis at the shows. Because without that customer service and without that aspect to go along with it, then really all you've got is a photo that, you know, somebody may or may not want to purchase. Um, they come into our trailer or our office or where we happen to be set up, and, you know, they really get a great experience dealing with us and our staff and our employees. Um, and I think that really helps uh, separate us from, that person that's, you know, showing up to a horse show with a camera or an iPhone and things like that. Um, some well, of our products, much, we also try to, sorry, go ahead. 
How much of your business are private photo shoots now? I mean, how if if what percentage is the horse show, and when you get tired and and whatever that makes you, and then what percentage of your income is are those private shoots? I you know I'd probably say about twenty five percent is private shoots, and okay. you know seventy five percent is is horse shows at this point. Um, you know, I really are, we are a horse show photography company, and. I do the, the portrait sessions just because I absolutely love to do them. Um, not that I don't love to do the horse shows as well, but, you know, getting to spend some time getting to know somebody and, you know, seeing their relationship with their horse is really a lot of fun. And, you know, those portrait sessions, you know, they may be an hour or two hours, three hours, or spending a couple of days with somebody. And it's just, it's really neat to be able to capture um, that bond and that relationship, you know, in, in a photographic means um, it just, it's something I really, really enjoy. And it may only be 25% of our business, but, um, I have a feeling it's going to keep growing. Did you have a sort of an artistic, uh, bent when you were growing up? Cause some of the stuff you do, I think is amazing. The picture, the opponent exchange picture with the, um, the, the Palomino paint, it's just, I think, an amazing picture, and the picture of your tra- of your airstream that you do for Ryback Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just some of the ones that you do are just stunning to me, and I never would think to pose something or you know frame something the way you do. So, as as don't you think there's a big artistic uh, element to that? Yeah, I think that you know that does come into play. Um, when I was, you know, growing up, I was always in art classes in, in school, um, and I didn't really think much about it then. And you know, I had an uncle who was a photographer, and you know, I kind of took the reins from him, if you if you will, and kind of tried to learn a bit what about what he did and and, and why photography was was uh, important to him and, and how that played into his life. And I, I kind of used, you know, what I learned from him and parlayed that into um, a job in college where I was working for the, uh, the newspaper at the university of Illinois. And, you know, I was mostly shooting sports and things like that, but occasionally I would get the opportunity to, uh, use my camera to do a little more artistic things. And I think the important part is though, is to get that basic, um, understanding of how photography works. And then once you understand, you know, how cameras work and how, you know, how to capture the light, you can go ahead and use that to your advantage and, become more artistic with it, which is, unfortunately, you know, it's something that I don't see enough of nowadays from, from other photographers out there. A lot of them, they'll go out there and they will take a picture and they will spend hours and hours on the computer editing it to make it look the way they want to look. When in all actuality, you can, if you understand how a camera works, you can take that picture with your camera and use, and use the settings in your camera to make it look the way you want to look originally and not have to worry about it in, in the uh, post-processing aspect. So for me, it's more about trying to get it right in the camera and to make that, that shot look the way I want it to look right away. Cause I don't want to spend time on my, at my desk. And that's, you know, that's something I, I'm sure a lot of photographers feel, you know, the less time they're out there shooting and the more time they're down in front of their computers editing, you know, the less business they're, they're going to acquire or the less uh, they're really going to enjoy what they do. So that's the way I look at it. Um, there's a lot of art, artistic 
I guess, impression that goes into it. And like I said, if I can capture it within my camera, then that's the less, you know, least amount of time that I have to spend behind my, uh, my computer, the better. So you, uh, during most horse shows and during a lot of the times of the year, you put up your Andrew Ryback photography photo of the day, horse show photo of the day on, um, on Facebook and Instagram, which is very coveted photo. And they're, they're usually very dramatic shots and um, exciting. So what, what do you look for? I know, uh, you know, in the Chicago land where you do a lot of your horse shows, it is, you know, everyone's talking of who, who's the photo of the day that day. And it's such, such an honor to be that, that special photo of the day. And um, how do you, I know you like spotted horses. How, how do you look for the right photo of the day photo? <laughs> Um, you know, it, it started out as, you know, let's find something really cool, something really different. Um, and you know, when we had a smaller staff, uh, when it first started out, it was trying to find the best, most perfect photograph that we could find. And, you know, it's kind of blossomed into, let's find that absolutely amazing shot, something that's different, something that, you know, nobody else has done before. Um, so at time, you know, there's times when it's just like, that's an amazing shot. We're going to have to use that as photo of the day. And then there's other times where I'm like, you know what, guys, go out there, you know, give it all you got, show me what you can do. And let's see what we can do as far as, you know, blowing our fans out of the water and showing and giving them something that's just, they're going to not, uh, not going to stop talking about. Um, so it's kind of evolved from just a, a really cool photo to something, you know, in that we just want we want our uh, our fans to just you know absolutely love and adore and and strive for. So um, yes, I do have an affinity for paint horses. Um, <laughs> you'll see Good more of those Piper. on our uh, <laughs> you'll see more of those on our photos of the, of the day than than anything else, just because I I just like the way they look. Um, that doesn't mean that other horses are not going to be horse show photo of the day. Um, I just you know occasionally, probably more often than not, I will I'll find one of those. Um, but really we're looking for something that's just cool and different and, um, a different angle. We'll try, you know, we'll try a different, uh, different location. We'll try, uh, all sorts of different techniques just to, just to see what we can do. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know what, you're never going to get better and you're never going to, uh, improve and, uh, really wild the people unless you try something new. And we're going to have to wrap it up there. We're running out of time. Where can people find all of your stuff? Well, we're all over uh, social media. You can find us on um, Facebook at Andrew Ryback Photography, as well as on Instagram at Andrew Ryback Photography. And we also have a website. It's www.andrewryback.com. Um, but we're also all throughout the Midwest. We're covering all of the showplace productions shows out here. And then we also are are covering uh, the Vermont Summer Festival and a bunch of others. But uh, you can find on our website, our calendar, what our horse show, our upcoming horse shows are. And uh, come on, check us out. And we hope to see you at a horse show soon. Andrew, I got to tell you, as a horse husband, 30 years ago marrying into this, it went from two horses to three horses to 20. So be careful of that. Just Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And it went there pretty quickly, and I didn't even know what happened. I just turned around and went, oh, no. wow, we have a lot of horses now. So that that count thing that Piper does, <laughs> when when all horse girls get past 12, they lose count for some reason. I don't know why. It's a thing. 
just born in it. That's, that's, what, that's what Excel's <laughs> for. I don't need to count them if I have Excel. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Take care. Thanks, Merry Christmas. Andrew. All right, Merry guys. Christmas. Thank you very much. Hey, we have a couple callers uh, that have been waiting. Listeners have been waiting a long time on here. So why don't we get to them, and then we'll head to our voicemail package for the day. We have Ellen on here. Hi, Ellen. Hi there, Glenn. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas. Thank you for calling. Merry Christmas to you and everybody in the HRN family. So happy to talk to you. What's your? What was your um, favorite holiday? My favorite holiday was when my daughter was 12 years old and she was desperate for a horse. And uh, I said, we can't, we just can't swing a big horse, but we can swing minis and we can put them in our yard. So we bought a pair of minis of a mare and her about 18 month old filly. And we had to go and get them. We didn't have a trailer. We didn't have a truck. We had to walk about a mile and a half to these people's house and we had to walk them back. And so it was in the middle of winter. It was about 11 degrees, icy and snowy and cold. And we're walking these two little minis and they looked like they had, they were in their full winter coat. So they looked like little mini buffaloes with all the fuzz on them. And we walked them through the downtown of our little historic town. And, um, we got a little preview of what our life with minis would be like, because we had so many people stop and want to take our pictures and wanted to wave and wanted to say hi and wanted to come up and pass them. It was hilarious. And we've had such wonderful adventures with them ever since. Their names were Hope and Faith. Oh, <laughs> That's great. Have, now, Piper, you have ponies. Have you ever gone that small? Um, no, no, I, um, you know, I, yeah. And you apparently I had the two good minis that are out there because they can be little stinkers. Uh, Piper's yeah. minis would be doing pony rides. Yes. 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 My minis would have to work there for a living. <laughs> well, well, my mini, the mayor's face, what turned out to be just a natural as a driving horse. I would, you know, I had her trained. She was 11 when I had her trained. And I would take her to these little just entry level, you know, like combined driving events. And she'd win everything. She just, you know, from day one, she just won everything. And Hope, um, we also had trains and, and she's just not interested. You know, we put her in harness and she looks at us like, oh, do I have to? So she's our trick horse. Um, yeah. So my daughter uses her as a trick horse and has done, um, done, you know, like performances with her. Love just little local performances with her. Here's how a mini eats. Here's how a mini poops. And that's it. That's all the tricks I got for this mini. <laughs> no, she can do Spanish walks. She can rear. She can do all sorts of things. Oh, she's cool. <laughs> that's good. She, she's just not interested. She can bite. She can kick. She can <laughs> stomp on your foot. She can <laughs> drag exactly. you. Thank you, Ellen. Merry Christmas. We appreciate you. All right, guys, let's take a listen to uh, some of the voicemails that were sent in by some of our listeners. We'll be right back with more here on the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about podcast too. You have reached the Horse Radio Network voicemail line. Please leave your voicemail after the tone. <laughs> I am Delia from Horselovers.com, and my ultimate horsey gift would be to own a horse again. Having a horse is more than just a pet. I had horses about 10 years ago, and I miss the friendship. 
please enjoy these holiday voicemails from listeners throughout the world brought to you by horselovers.com. Hi, this is Beth Hagee. Last year in October, our little baby Phoenix was born and he ended up having problems at three weeks old. He had a guarded um, prognosis and most likely the vet thought that he was going to pass. Now he's a, a big old boy. He just turned a year old and he was the best Christmas gift that I could have ever had, just knowing that he was going to live. All right, that's what I have. Thanks. Hi, this is Michaela Fry with my dog Buddy from Shawnee, Kansas, here to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hi there, my name is Brianna Cahill. I'm calling to enter for the Horse Radio Network Radiothon. Um, my ultimate horsey Christmas gift was my horse shadow that I got when I was in high school as a Christmas present. Thank you very much. Happy holidays, everyone. This is Ann Kirk from Canada with the gift of partnership adapted from the snowman. I mean, for the Horse Radio Network. I'm talking to my horse. I'm speaking with my heart in secret. Building brick by brick, a relationship of trust in me. I'm holding rain so lightly. I'm this Christmas. The horse stable of my dreams, built on my property. All thanks to the Horse Radio Network. Listening to the Horse Radio Network has made working a second job to finance this Christmas dream tolerable. Thank you and Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Joanne Strauss. I lost my lifetime horse in March. And my ultimate gift for the future would be another horse that I could learn to love. Bye. Merry Christmas, everybody. You better look out for really bad ads and get them in soon and you might be glad because Jamie and Glenn might read them on air. Craigslist is the best place other ads may do. If it is the funniest one, they'll send a gift to you. Oh, you better practice hard. You need to jump high. You need to run fast. I'm telling you why. Because eventing season's coming to town. The judges know if you are cheating, they'll know if you're a fake, they'll judge you if you're bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Horse poop smells, horse poop smells, it won't go away, oh what fun it is to clean horse stalls every day. Thank you, God bless, and Merry Christmas everybody. Hey Glenn and Company, this is Samantha Peterson from Lexington, Kentucky. My ultimate horsey Christmas gift would have to be a dream trailer. No, 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 not the Barbie one. A four-horse trailer with full living quarters, all the bells and whistles, including a kitchen. God, I have a kitchen. God bless the horse shows that have food, but after a certain age, grease and salt start talking back rather rudely. So this chef wants an RV-style kitchen in her horse trailer. The horses get the best of everything, but hey, we need to be in top form to show them best. And God knows you can't do that on an empty belly. One day, the Side Saddle Express will roll up and everyone will know whose door to come knocking on come dinner time. You bring the wine, I'll cook the meal. Thank you guys for having a great radiothon. Merry Christmas. Hi, everyone at the Horse Radio Network. This is Allison from Canada. Just wanted to wish you a happy holidays and tell you about my ultimate horsey Christmas gift. This year, my daughter has 
finally gotten a great interest in riding and I've taken her for a few lessons and it's been such an amazing gift to see her blossom and grow and smile and develop confidence around the horses. I think it's going to be great for her, not only at the barn with the horses and the pony she's riding, but at school and in her personal life. It warms my heart and I couldn't have been given a better gift this holiday. Thanks. This year, horselovers.com is your blanket and briar headquarters. They have thousands of blankets in stock from all the best brands at terrific prices. They also really stocked up this year on Briar. So you can give that special gift every young rider loves. Briar. Visit horselovers.com. horse can be stressful. There's trailering, going to strange places to show or trail ride, the threat of tummy upset from new hay or changes in feed, and of course, the dreaded new horse in the barn that causes drama, drama, drama. That's why your horse needs Redmond's Daily Gold Stress Relief. Daily Gold Stress Relief is a natural and unique blend of minerals that work together to encourage healthy digestion. Unique molecules attract and bind toxins that cause stomach trouble, while its high pH takes the burn out of acetic ulcers and sores. By bringing your horse's stomach pHs to a healthy balance, it can help pacify your horse and reduce conditions that lead to stomach issues. Redmond Daily Gold Stress Relief is available in a convenient quick-relief syringe, 4.5-pound pouch, or the big 25-pound bucket. Find Redmond Daily Gold Stress Relief at your local tack and feed supplier or go online to redmondequine.com. We are in the podcast hour here of the third annual holiday radiothon. I am with uh, Piper and Sissy of the podcast. Now, how long has the podcast been going, guys? I don't remember. Um. Last fall, and then January 1st started with the podcast. Oh, so it's been January yep. 1st? Yep, yep. It's almost a year. Out on our year. Wow, you yeah, guys are yep. coming up on your anniversary. Yeah. Do you realize the average podcast, I just saw these statistics, they're new ones that just came out. The average podcast goes, uh, now it used to be seven episodes before it faded away and people quit. It's now 13. So you're way past. Yay! <laughs> You made it. <laughs> Do you guys feel like when you ask people for interviews that it's getting easier and easier because people are understanding what a podcast is, or do you still have to explain it to them? Um, I think when we when we ask young people, you know, it's it's totally they're so excited. But um, you know, we do we have to talk to a lot of old people, so it's always old people are always. <laughs> right. a I, I resemble that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that too, youngster. Um, but I, I here's what I think. Here's been my experience because a lot of the um, the the old parts are my friends and uh, my contemporaries. And what I find is that they 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 do the show. They then comment on how pleasant and easy it was, and then they are surprised at the feedback they get. So I think they're surprised at the fact that this uh, media really gets a lot of. You mean that somebody's actually listening, Sissy? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what 
what I'm trying to say. And that it's, you know, and it might be not that Saturday, but it might be months from then. So it has sort of a staying power that I think the magazine, because it comes out frequently, and then we replay it on social. But um, I think that the the podcast can have can have really a longevity to it that they didn't anticipate. And also, you know, it, it, I remember when Piper said, I just started working for Piper a year ago at Devon. So it was Devon 16. And, and so then I'm, you know, X number of months into it. And she says, oh, and we're going to do a podcast. And I said, what? I can't do a podcast. Are you kidding me? I've never done that. And then you you realize that it is a conversation, and everybody does have something to say, and it's 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 quite fun, and it's uh, educational for everybody. And I and I think you can get, you can start on one topic and kind of move into another, and it ends up being being I think very entertaining and very fun. So I'm uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's kind and of I like think- the the chats that you have with people at horse shows, but you're recording it and sharing it. It's like sitting in the stands and having everybody listen in to just a little chat because people get comfortable that, that they're sitting at home or you're calling them or you're one-on-one. So you get to hear a lot of interesting views on subjects. Ten years ago yeah. when I started this Horse Radio Network, I everybody kept saying to me, what are you going to... And we were doing one weekly show back then and everybody kept saying, what are you going to talk about after a couple of weeks? <laughs> um, so we're, what, uh, 60, almost 6,600 episodes in and we still haven't run out of, out of things to talk about. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I, and I Piper, I think, has a great vision of of the our horse community and what people might be interested in. And one of the most popular podcasts that we did was just the two of us. I'm a, a large R judge for, for hunters and equitation. And it was just the two of us talking about judging um, and what what a judge's day is like and what we look for and what situations may present themselves and and you know why we do what we do with numerical scoring, et cetera. And to me, it was a little bit, I didn't think it was going to be that interesting to people. You and thought it was too much of you guys? Well, I thought it was kind of uh, not to- not topical enough, maybe not current enough. And it is isn't that right, Piper? The one that's been listened to the most. And I've had people come up to me and say, "I can't tell you how much that helped me." I had all these questions that I didn't know who to ask, and my daughter listened to it as well, and or my you know my rider, whoever the rider was, and it, it really explained a lot of questions we had. So um, it turned out to be quite educational. Yeah, I For think. Sure. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I mean, that particular episode, you know, I always say that I know I've written a good article when when people present my arguments and my ideas from the article back to me as their own ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that podcast, I mean, it really transcended the horse show culture because like specific phrasing and stuff that Sissy used, people started to tell me about how like they were watching classes being judged and started telling me back that phrasing from that podcast. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know um, that. You know, and so it, it really, like, people really listened and, like, it, it sunk in with them because, you know, some, someone told me at a horse show that, you know, the scores don't, you know, the scores are meant to order the class. They don't need to be, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, that is exactly how I said that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I had a few times over the course of this year since a podcast came out that pe- people explained that to me. And I was like, <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. Um, so, but it, it's just like a good article. Whenever I write a really good article, you know, people present 
the ideas and the arguments in the article back to me as their own ideas. And then I know I've really permeated the culture because they don't even know where the idea came from. It's just so natural to them that they would present it to me. Look at you, the trendsetter. So <laughs> that she is. <laughs> well, and you guys have a huge social media following in, in many platforms. And I think that's kind of what's made the plaid horse really what it is today. And that's a lot of effort on, on your parts. I mean, that's, that's a lot of effort. People don't realize how much effort it goes into being good on all the different platforms. It's not easy. And it's just time consuming. Everybody asks, what's my big biggest constraint, uh, you know, with having 15 shows on a network, which is kind of crazy in the horse world. And I always say time. Time's always your biggest problem. You know, it, even more than money in our world, time. You just don't have enough time to do it all. And that, that's always the biggest problem. <clears throat> and Piper really explains that to me in terms of running someone, running a professionally running someone's social media. So a business, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, but you're right. It is tremendously time consuming and you almost, I mean, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but you almost can't charge enough to warrant the number of man hours it takes to really do it well and to have the expertise to do it well. Um, and I, that's something that I, I mean, I, I learn something new from this job every single day because I think that the, the, the difference in culture, um, especially media, from when I was 29, as Piper is to, to to today, is is a is the Grand Canyon. I think it's a gap that that people of my generation have a really really hard time uh, uh, breaching. And um, so when I learn about how how social is run and and how intricate it is and the effects that it has, and I mean we hear about the effects that it has every day on on the election and on on our politics. But the effects that it can have on a business um, in terms of getting the word out there and branding, and it's, it's really quite something. It's really a, it's a world unto itself. I didn't mean to get all inside baseball, but it's fascinating. Everybody listening, to this is a podcast listener, right? So, and and it's it's interesting too. And we'll 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 head in and give some prizes away. We'll give some stuff away here shortly. But it's interesting too because one of the big things that's happening that we started this three years ago when doing a live event like this was not considered cool in the podcast world. And now live events are, are becoming cool in the podcast world. So it, d- doing these kind of live events is becoming a thing, too. It's interesting. We've gone from on-demand, everybody wanting on-demand, to now people wanting to listen live. We had people taking off work today to listen live. Uh, wow. because, I think when it's live, they're like a group. Yes. You know, they can do it as a You feel like you're part of yeah. it, right? You know, you feel like you're part of it at the time it happened. Like going to a concert, you're there right. at the time it happened. And I, I, I think that we're going to see more of that, too. And, and Piper, I think that's something that, you know, you guys, obviously, uh, traveling like you do, you know, we can take a closer look at doing maybe some more of that, too. But, like, you don't have enough to do. You have nothing to do. I also <laughs> like the call. I like the call-in feature, too. I, I yes. would love to, especially with some of the topics that, that we uh, we deal with on the podcast. I think it would be well, we'll on have the to take, podcast. We can do that. Be fascinating we have the technology. So. Yeah. <laughs> our, the next frontier here. Yep, that's right. All right, guys. How about we give away some prizes? All right. All right. So what do we have, Wendy? All right. Our first prize is the brand new book, Fergus and the Greener Grass by Jean Abernethy. Uh, and everybody loves Fergus. And now the opinionated cartoon horse and bona fide social media stars back in an all new comic adventure. In his third book, Fergus catches a glimpse of what could be and leaving his life of comfort behind sets off on a hilarious journey. Thank you to Trafalgar Square Books. And you can get your copy at horseandriderbooks.com. 
Our second one is our $50 gift card to horselovers.com. And if you don't win the gift card, or even if you do, you can still use coupon code radio at checkout to get a free Kodiak easy roll-up all-purpose fleece blanket on all orders over $49 at horselovers.com. Very good. Let's, uh, what, you need to sort, Wendy? I know. You know what? You have told me this every hour. We're on hour eight, and I... This is where Wendy starts to get punchy on hour eight. Uh, so so we have sorted, and Sissy, why don't you pick a number between one and... 175. I'm going to pick number five. Number five, five. will win the Ferguses the, and the okay. Greener Grass by our friend Jean Abernathy. And it's Alicia Hartley. Alicia Hartley, congratulations. Congratulations, Alicia. It's a fun little book. And then also the $50 gift card from horselovers.com. Uh, we'll need another one. Uh, uh, Piper, you want to pick Piper, this one? Yep. Pick another All right, um, 82. 82 is Joy Orr. Joy Orr, right. congratulations, Joy. I know she sent in a submission for, for uh, voicemails today, so we appreciate that. And, of course, we're going to be giving away the big grand prizes at the end of the day. A Weatherbeat a Blanket gift pack worth $500, one for your horse, oh, two nice. for your horses, what, a matching one for your doggy, and then shipping boots, and then your choice of any Wintech saddle. That's up to a $1,300 value. To celebrate the holiday, Wintech saddles is a gift for you if you purchase a new Wintech saddle. Saddle on or before December 31st, you can redeem a free Wintech saddle bag valued at $79. Hurry into your local tax shop to take advantage of this generous holiday gift. Visit Wintech saddles.com for more information on their range and to locate your nearest retailer. Well, guys, where can people find the Plaid Horse magazine? Um, online at thepladhorse.com. Every issue is published in full online. You can also get a subscription. And for the holidays, um, as we do every year, we have all of our comfy clothes on sale. Um, we have the most comfortable apparel. Um, I picked it out, so you know it's the most comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. It is, it is relaxed fit. <laughs> Nothing is hugging anything, and it is soft. <laughs> so no tight clothing can be no found at the no. plaid horse. No. It's designed for working from home. and um, That'd be perfect for us, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Put put that on our Christmas list, okay, Piper? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for one being part of the Horse Radio Network and for participating in Radiothon. We really appreciate it, and for having a nice little chat about podcasting. That was fun. Well, thanks for having us. All right, it was fun. Time all year. All right, take care, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Stay tuned to the third annual Horse Radio Network Holiday Radiothon as we get reset for the next hour. 